take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 1. If you want to go to Proverbs chapter 1, maybe keep your finger there, and then Deuteronomy chapter 6. I've got a couple of passages I'm going to read to kind of kick this thing off. And tonight, uh, so we're going to continue uh, giving stuff that I think is good for families. And uh, this here is, you know, this is good for families. This is good for individuals. This is good for everybody. Um, and the families is where you usually do a lot of this stuff. Now, we live in a day and age where, uh, you know, the family unit's not the strongest thing in the world. Um, but at the same time, you can take these same principles and really apply them to family, uh, spiritual family that you have in the church. You know, we've got many brothers and sisters in Christ here. You know, you've got your older folks in the church that give you a lot of wisdom in the area. I mean, there's all, there's almost always somebody in the church that you can go to and get advice on different things. And, uh, boy, seeking counsel is a very important thing and it's something that people just don't do much of. Anymore, and so I want to read Proverbs chapter one verse eight, and then we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter six. But it says, "My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother." He's telling him here in Proverbs, start kicking it off in this book of wisdom, and telling him the importance of you know listening to the advice that your parents have. Follow their instructions. Listen to your mother, and you see that repeated. Throughout the book of Proverbs, there's a bunch of verses that we could look at. But then also, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, I use this verse a lot when talking about uh, different things, but it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Okay, God wants His words, His commandments to be in our heart. Now, what is a good way to find out what is in somebody's heart? I mean, how? what's one of the biggest ways you can tell what's in somebody's heart? Or what somebody's interests are? Well, what are they talking about all the time? Have you ever known somebody that every time you got around them, all they want to talk about is baseball or football or sports? You know why? Because that's what's in their heart. That's all they think about. That's all they care about. You know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a TV show. I mean, some of the things that people want to talk about all the time can sometimes be pretty boring. Sometimes there's people out there, and not, this isn't really a bad thing, but it probably annoys people sometimes. All they want to do is talk about their kids, and oh, you know, look, you should have seen what my kid did. Or, you know, they just learned that this word. Or, Listen to this funny thing, and always wanting to show pictures. Or maybe a grandparent always talking about their grandkids. Why? Because that's what's in their heart. That's what they're interested in. That's not a bad thing. Might just be annoying to other people who get tired of hearing about it all the time. But uh, he's. But what's in our hearts, and one of the ways to get things in our heart is by talking about them. When me, when it comes to a lot of different sports, I, I like sports, all right. But I just I don't watch it much on television. But you know, whenever you're around some people that are talking about a certain subject all the time, it causes you to be a little more interested in that. You know, for example, you know, with sports, um, when I when I worked in Spring Valley, there was a lot of rivalry that went on there with baseball teams. We had the Cubs fans, Sox fans, and the Cardinals fans that were always fighting with each other. And in the break room, that was pretty much all that was discussed 
was Cubs, Cardinals, and White Sox. And I really didn't care that much. However, whenever I'd be listening to the radio and the news would come on and I'd hear them start doing the baseball scores and things, all of a sudden it would cause me to perk up and listen a little bit. And I would pay a little more attention because I was interested in seeing who's going to be the one crying you know, this week at work. Or you know, There's a lot of Bears and Packers things. If I heard there was going to be a Bears-Packers game, all of a sudden now, I'm interested because I knew that's what everybody was going to be talking about. And even though it wasn't necessarily my thing, it caught my interest because of all the talking that was going on with it. And with the Word of God, it says He wants it to be in their heart. And so He tells them how to do that. He says, And thou shalt teach them diligently to thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontless between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, then thou shalt have eaten them and be full. Then beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. God didn't want them forgetting, so He said it's important that these things be talked about in your house. I mean, write them upon the post of your house. Teach them diligently to your children. And I and when I was when I was reading this passage, so I, I've used this passage before, but one thing that kind of caught my attention in here is when it says, Thou shalt, um, in verse 7, it says, Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. Now think about this. How often do families sit and talk in their house? Or when thou walkest, by the way, how often do families walk somewhere and talk. Well, these days we just don't do that very much. I mean, these days families, if they're sitting down together, it's in front of the television. You know, these days many families they don't even have meals together. They don't eat together, and they don't talk about anything. We've talked about before. You know, we watch people in restaurants all the time. Families sitting there. There's hey, they're sitting together. That's a blessing. They could all you know they should be talking, but now they're all on their cell phones. Talking to other people sometimes, you know, through texting and things. And we just, we don't do these things anymore. And God told us here, He said, hear the, in Proverbs, hear the instruction of your father. Well, most young people aren't hearing it because the father's not really saying it. The mother's not really saying it. There's not much talking going on. And what I want to talk about tonight is good family discussion topics. Good family discussion topics. These things ought to be talked about in your homes. There's, and there's some questions, especially more for young people, good questions to ask. And you know, Daniel and Shelby, if you two plan on getting married, these would be great things to just bring up and talk about. And unfortunately, this is not a common practice with people these days. They just don't do it. It used to be a very common practice. You know, people, they used to sit on a porch and watch a sunset. You know, I mean, and, you know, back in the day, you know, they'd sit in the house at night and they'd talk, maybe play a game. There was a time when not everybody had TVs. There wasn't any, you know, they they didn't have that stuff. So what they do? 
They'd sit and they would talk about life. And we have lost that. And it, it blows my mind these days. You know, I, I was thinking, you know, in like our family, we seem like people from outer space to so many people because of the fact, you know, I've got child number six coming. You know, the people that I work with, when they find out I have child number six coming, they're like, what? <laughs> Are you crazy? And you know why kids seem like such a burden and such a curse these days is because people have no idea how to raise children. They have no idea what they're supposed to do with them. And part of the reason for that is a lot of important things have not been passed down verbally from parent to child. And a lot of things that everybody used to know has just kind of been lost. And because families just don't talk anymore. But just some good, just some questions. Alright, for example, questions for dad. A great question to bring up is how do you provide for a family? Now, that might seem like a simple answer. Get a job and go to work. And after, but at the same time, well, it's not that easy. You know, when I, I remember when I was young and living at home, I knew you had to work, but we just, you didn't think about how much things cost. It just didn't seem like a big deal. I remember when I was little, I remember, you know, telling my dad, it's like, hey, you know, can we, can you buy this? I don't have the money for it. Well, I remember, I remember telling him, write a check. <laughs> it's like, you know, you, but not understanding, wait, there's got to be cash in the bank to cover that check for you to, or just use your credit card. You know, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd see people use those cards and buy things just, just by swiping that card. But then later, you have to pay for that credit card. And if you don't, you've got to pay a whole bunch of extra fees on top of it. And, you know, with kids, it's like they think money is no object. And and then I remember, you know, I finally got a job. It's like, good, now I can start buying whatever I want. But you find out that money goes really quick because to get to that job, I had to have a car. And you know what? It wasn't enough just having a car. I had to put gas in that car all the time so I could keep driving it. Driving it, I had to get oil changes. I had to pay for insurance. If there were repairs, I had to pay for that. And that thing, it used up all my money fast. And I'm just not making enough money. I got a better job, but... It went fast, and then you know I, I remember thinking uh, when my wife and I got married, I got the job out of Walmart, and I thought I'm ready now. You know, I'm, I'm making. I started out at 11.50 an hour there, man. I'm in the big time now. Uh, this is going to be good. I'm ready to provide for a wife, and this is going to be easy. But you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, financially, I wasn't ready to get married. Uh, not just because one, I, had, I had no clue what I was doing. And there was a lot more questions I should have asked. And just, you know, how do you do it? You know, how do you set up a budget? You know, how do you, you know, plan your bills? How much would be wise to spend, you know, on my first car or house? You, you go take a 16-year-old out to look for a car. Some 16-year-old working at McDonald's. You're not making very much money at all. Working... 20 hours a week or less, and said, and said, all right, we're going to go out and look for a car. He's going to want to go and look at all the nice, fancy showroom cars. That's They think they ought to be able to drive those things. But when you're making that kind of money, you know, working less than 20 hours a week, you can't get that stuff. And you got to, you got to show them, you know, and, and just teach them, you know, hey, you don't want to spend more than this amount of money on a house. You need to be making this much before you're ready to get married. You know, how, how do you provide for a family? 
You got to teach them things like, you know, you're going to have to learn to do things that you don't want to do. Last week we talked about getting out of your comfort zone. You're going to have to work hours that you don't like. You're going to have to put up with coworkers that you don't like and bosses that you don't like. And you're just, you're going to have to do all kinds of things that you don't like, but you do it because it's your responsibility to provide for your family. And this is what it takes. You know, they don't all, you know, they see dad get up and leave for work. And they see you come home, but they don't always see what's going on in between. You know, most of the time, you know, parents, and you shouldn't do this, but you don't want to burden your kids with the bills and seeing what's going on. But you know what? After they get to a certain age, it probably wouldn't hurt them to just kind of see what goes on and what it takes and how much things cost. It'll give them a great, it'll give them a greater appreciation for what you're doing for one, and it will also prepare them for what needs to be done. Because so most people these days, they have they have no clue what to do when it comes to providing for a family. So I, I work with people, I, I've worked with people all my life that make the same thing that I'm making or more with you know, sometimes just themselves, maybe a wife that's working and one kid and they still, I'm still doing better financially than they are. And it's because, you know, Stupidity is really expensive, <laughs> for one. And they just make really, really bad financial decisions. And they don't even know that they're making bad decisions. They think this is what everybody does. And this is how it's supposed to be done. And they were never taught just some basic common sense. Some are just never taught math. They just they don't know how to add and subtract. And that's why they get into some of the problems. And these things ought to be talked about Especially as your kids get older, how to provide for a family, what does it take? And you know what? You know, dads at the same time, they don't want to go be going around, you know, tooting their own horn and talking about all they do and all that they sacrifice. And that's why I think it'd be good and it'd be wise for young people to ask. And to say, hey, you know, what does it take? What what do you have to do? What did you have to do to get to this point? You know, because you know what happens to a lot of young people, they'll go and they'll get married. And whatever standard of living they had when they were at home, they think is the standard of living that they ought to have when they are now out on their own. Not realizing that it took their parents several years to get and a lot of sacrifice to get to that point. Well, my dad drives, you know, twenty thousand dollar cars. I should have a twenty thousand dollar car. No, you shouldn't. You're not making as much as he's making. It took a long time to get to that point. You know, they live in you know this big, this kind of a house. You know, this this Bible of a house. Uh, We need that kind of a house. You know, I have people all the time. I've had family members and stuff where they you know they like to you know we all like to complain about our finances and things, and they're always talking like you know we're so lucky that our house payment is so much less than theirs. Or our car payment is so much less than theirs. It's like, you do realize we could have went and bought a house that expensive, that we could have went and bought a car that expensive, but we chose not to. Because that would be foolish. But it's like, just because you're you, you belong in that kind of neighborhood. And you deserve to drive that kind of car. Sorry, if you haven't got the money for it, you shouldn't be living in that neighborhood and driving that kind of a car. You should be driving, you know, the heaps like we drive. And you know that that's just that's common sense, but people don't know that. A lot of young people don't know that. And it's because 
They've just never been taught. It's not talked about. It's not discussed. You know, ask, how did you choose your occupation? You know, just, you know, what made you go into this field? You know, there are some things, you know, that, you know, my kids have brought up that they, you know, like to do or a job they like, and, you know, no, there's no future in that. It would be pointless at your age to even pursue that. You know, I try to teach them, to, uh, you know, I, if you're going to go and get a job somewhere, let it be one where there is potential to actually get somewhere and accomplish something. You know, find, try to figure that out early so you can start preparing and learning and getting the education that you need to do those things. You know, talk, talk about that stuff. You know, what does it take? Good job. What did you do? You know, ask them questions like, you know, uh, when it comes to family, how did you know that mom was a woman for you to marry? You know, how did you two get together? How did, when, when did you know that she was the one? How did you know those things? Talk about it. You know, what happened? Ask the story. Tell them the story about when you met her and maybe how the Lord revealed it to you. Whatever it was, tell your story. Pass those things on. Ask them questions. How did you know that Liberty Baptist Church was a church God wanted us to go to? You know, one of these days, they may move. Did you know, with like me, for example, I'm 33 years old. I've never in my life had to look for a church. I never had to. Uh, you know, part of that with my dad being a pastor, you know, it just, and, but when you're, when you're living at home, you go to your parents' church. And sometimes maybe you went to, the, they went to the same church their whole life. And it's something I've, in my life, I've never experienced. And a lot of young people have it. And then the one of the things that will happen, they'll go and maybe they move off somewhere and then they go into some goofball church. It's like, wait a minute. You should know, you know but it's, it was never talked about. How did, you know, did you, you know, what did you look at? And that's an opportunity. You know, the main thing you want to look at is the doctrine. Are they preaching from the Word of God? Are they using, are they using the right Bible? You know, do they, do they have standards and convictions at that church? I mean, there's, we could preach a whole message on that, but you gotta teach that. You gotta pass it down. You gotta, uh, show them what's right and teach them what's wrong. At great, another great question to ask your parents. Great one. One you ought to talk about. And parents, one you need, to, you need to share and pass down. And that is, when did you get saved? When did you get saved? Tell me about when you asked Christ in your heart. Give them your testimony. A lot of times parents, you know, maybe they, before they were saved, they had an ugly past. They'd just rather not share all the details with their kids. And you know what? You don't have to share all the details. But boy, you ought, to, you ought to share the details about when you got saved. And tell, tell them what happened. Tell them how you know you're saved. That is one of the greatest gifts that you could give them before your funeral. That one of these days you're going to go and just, you know, I've seen it before where a parent dies and the kids, they're left at the funeral hoping that their mom and dad is in heaven. Oh, I think they were saved. Uh, I really don't know. They're wondering. You know what? They never heard their parents' testimony. Well, that's something that you ought to talk about. It's something that ought to be heard. Something that you ought to share. When did you get saved? Ask those questions. Ask your mom. How do you manage a house? You know, that mother, they are. They're kind of 
They're, they're the manager of the house. They're really the one that runs things and keep things together. You know, guys, we're just we're not real good at keeping house for one thing. Uh, we're not we're not good at taking care of things. We just learn to work around stuff. And how our houses said, you know, they probably fall. I know mine would probably fall apart if it wasn't for the wife. It definitely wouldn't smell as good as it does or be as clean as it is. But you know, ask. You know, hey, what does it take? How do you how do you keep the house looking like that? How do you you know how do you uh, like like meals? You know how many people these they don't know how to cook. And you know what? Listen, that's another good thing, guys. Too with if when your wife knows how to cook, that is going to save you a fortune. It's going to save you a fortune. I mean, it gets expensive eating out. I think back about before I got married, when I was that short time I was by myself, and even when I was at home, when I was still living at home, I was working all the time, and most of my meals I ate out. And when I think about how much money I spent a week on gas station food and fast food, it's like, you know, if I would have ate my meals at home, I could have saved so much money. I could have been saving that money and I could have done so much more with it. And I'm so thankful that my wife knows how to cook. What The things that we eat at home are so much better than what the restaurant makes. And they are way cheaper. People are spending a fortune these days on food, and because they don't know how to cook, they're buying if, when they go if they go to the grocery store, which is a little cheaper. They're buying all this instant trash that's just destroying people's health and is disgusting compared to real food. By the way, you eat real food for a while. That other stuff, you're going to say bye bye to it. Them TV dinners, I I used to eat them when I was younger. I used to eat vending machine hamburgers and things all the time. I loved them. I thought they were great. After I started eating real food, I want to throw up at the thought of that food. I I will not touch that stuff with a 10-foot pole because I've ate real food and it's cheaper. But it's because my wife knows how to do that. She knows how to take care of a house. And that is something, mothers, boy, if you can pass that on to your daughters, you are going to be giving them a, I mean, information that is worth a lot of money. A lot of money. You, the information that you give her will probably save her enough money. You can't put a price tag on these things. But you know what? You might be giving her enough information if you teach her how to cook and take care of a house that will make it where she won't have to go get a job that she's going to hate working with a bunch of guys that are animals and just stressing her out, making her miserable, and she's going to have a happier marriage and a better life because you taught her how to do those things that took away a lot of financial stress in the family, which is a cause of a good portion of the fights and a leading cause of divorce, financial things. Another question, you know, daughters can ask their mothers, how do you take care of kids? You know, these days, too, you know, there's not as many kids. In the home, and the truth is, you know, like one thing that'll be beneficial for our kids, especially with the new baby coming, they're all old enough, you know, they're going to see a little bit of what it takes to raise a baby. You know, they're going to get to watch. Now, the last one, she's not going to get to see that. She's not going to get to grow up 
seeing you know all the diapers that need to get changed and just all the screaming and crying you got to put up with and all the messes that are made and just all the stuff that goes into raising a child and so and a lot of kids when they're it was happening with their brothers and sisters are too young to remember and boy passing on that information of how to raise a child is you can't put a price tag on that that is huge and also if you teach them how to take care of their kids and if you teach them how to cook they might not need that job therefore they also you're not going to need the expense of daycare and all those other things that can get real expensive and kill people where there's going to be people that are getting paid to watch your kids that don't feel like they're getting paid enough so they really don't care what's happening to your kid as long as they're not getting hurt and as long as they're not bugging them they don't care if they're you know, learning bad words from the other kids, and you know, just you know, who knows what? I mean, it's you know, we've you've heard the statistics on daycare kids. It's not easy on kids for them to go through that, and it is it's expensive, and it's I'm telling you, if you do the math on some of those things, I'm telling you, a stay-at-home mom that takes care of the house and the kids, you can't put a price tag on it. You cannot put a price tag on it. It is very valuable, and a lot, and a lot of times, if you stop and think about how much all that stuff costs, the mom is probably saving more money than the dad's making. All right, and I know feminism says no. They've got to have their career. They got to go out and get their job. Why? They're all miserable. They're all on med- medication. They're all as mean as bulldogs. I mean, you know, just no. It, let them. Do that, you know, and I'm not against women having jobs. If they want to go out and get a job, especially when your kids start getting older, hey, that's fine if you want to. But you know what? I also I think you know my wife someday she might want to go and get a job somewhere after the kids are older. But at the same time, when she does, I want her to be able to say the day that it quits being enjoyable for her to say bye bye. I'm out of here because you know what? If she goes and is having horrible days at work. She's going to come home. I'm going to have to deal with it, <laughs> and I'd I'd rather come home to a happy wife. And you know they say happy wife, happy life. But at the same time, a lot of mothers they don't want to do all that stuff. They have no, and part of it is they have no idea how. I mean, most kids these days, all their meals they're getting are at schools and things. They moms they don't know. What to do? Kids come home, watch TV, play video games, you know, play with all the stuff in your room. Leave me alone. I'm too stressed out right now. And just no interaction, no talking, and it is it's just it's our culture today and it's horrible. And mom, you can give a wealth of information there. You know, ask, how did you know that dad was the man that you wanted to marry? You know, what and, and show them, you know, moms. You know, you know, I said, talk to your boys about this too. You know girls better than your boys do because you are one. Dads, you know, you know guys better than your daughters do because you are one. You were a teenage guy at one time. You were, you were a young man. You know all that stuff. Share things with them. Talk about what's going on. Give them some information. You might save them from ending up with a bum. And you know, we, we keep getting back to money on this. Alright? But, here's the thing. And 
I, I got to be careful saying this because I, I don't want to offend people. And I'm, not, I'm not trying to be offensive, but I have a saying that I say around our house, and that is, if you don't raise your kids, you will probably be stuck raising your grandkids. And that's the culture we live in today. Kids, they don't know how to raise kids. And you know, and they weren't they weren't taught anything. They weren't raised the best themselves. But then they have kids, and they have no clue what to do with them. And by then, now the now grandma and grandpa they're mature, and they don't want to see that kid thrown to the wolves. And they take care of them, and they they raise the grandkids. And you know what? That's expensive. And a lot of times they're they're paying a lot of the bills. For these things, I was over uh, by one of the private schools here in town. I was out knocking doors, visiting, and I'm going by there, and I noticed all. The, it seemed like all the people bringing the kids to the school were grandparents. It was all grandparents doing it. Because mom and dad, they're not paying for a private school. But grandma and grandpa, they don't want to see them, you know, in the public school, or whatever. So they do it. They cover all of it. And you let me tell you something. I I love my kids. And you know, someday when I have grandkids, that's going to be nice, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And the, one of the other great things that's going to be about with grandkids is one, when they get bad, I get to send them home with mom and dad. And two, I don't have to pay for their diapers. I don't have to pay for all their clothing and everything. I can just buy them fun stuff when I want to. That is, if my kids are taken care of, them. if my kids are doing what they're supposed to do, and so. Parents, they have they have no idea. It's like they just they keep having kids. It's like you do understand. You're gonna to have to buy them food. You're gonna to have to buy them clothes. You're gonna. I mean, there's all these things you're gonna to have to take care of. And it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You know, I'm not gonna let a kid change my life. You realize that's pretty common advice, and it's horrible advice. They are your kids. They are going to change your life, and you better. Do what you're supposed to do. You better raise them. Otherwise, you're going to end up raising their kids when you are now mature, 20 years later. And but part of it, we're not passing anything. We're not passing anything down. And just you know, parents, you passing on how to find the right kind of husband or right kind of wife can help them avoid mistakes that will cost you a fortune. If you got to go, you know, if you're bailing your kids out of jail, that's going to get expensive. If you're going and paying all their bills, you know, bailing them out every time they're about their car is about to get repoed, and about every time they're about to get evicted from their house, that's all going to cost you a fortune. If you teach them all these things ahead of time about character, you avoid all that stuff. You know, I thank God I've never had to go to my dad or my or my in-laws and be like, "Yeah, um, we're about to starve to death this week." <laughs> Can uh, you know you? I'm glad I haven't had to do that. And I don't, I don't ever want to have to do that. I want to take care of my family. I want to be the one responsible. And I am thankful that I was taught how to do it. And I have had to do it. You know, and I wasn't taught, you know, every little thing with finances and stuff. But one thing I was taught, you know, my dad taught me to be, have character and be a hard worker. And part of having character is paying your bills on time. And, didn't always know how to do it, but I always figured out a way to do it because I, I he instilled the character there, and 
There was probably smarter ways I could have done a lot of the things that I've done, but I've always done what I needed to do. And, and I thank God that that was instilled in me, but it hasn't been in many young people. I've seen it, you know, I, I've seen it all, I see it all the time in jobs that I've worked and even where I'm at now where people, they come in, this is hard. I quit. You know, that's just lack of character right there. You know, when I, when I see that lack of character in young men, I think, I wonder what their dad's like. I, I automatically think about their dad. Man, I wonder who, their, wonder who their dad is. I wonder if that's what he taught him. I wonder if he's done, if that's how he handled every little thing. When you see, you see the, you know, just all these people, that, young people that don't want to, they don't raise their kids, they don't take care of their kids. I wonder, is that what their parents did? Did they ignore them like that? Did they not fulfill their responsibilities? It's a reflection on you as a parent, and that's as mom and dad. Make sure you pass these things on. Young people, get whatever you can from them. These things are. Priceless spiritually, and they're priceless financially. We cannot put a price tag, but it will help you so much. You know, how did you, you know, mom, how did you learn to submit to the leadership of dad? Because you know what? If they grow up in your house, they're going to see the times that dad's making dumb mistakes and does not, don't, you know, is not doing everything right. And they're going to also watch how you, as a mother, respond to that. And you need to teach them. How to do it, and you need to show them and teach them what the Bible says about it. Same thing with moms too. Tell your kids about when you got saved, and to give them your story. And and these questions, okay, young people, if you ask these questions, and and even adults, so a lot of these questions would be good. You could still ask your parents today. It'd be good to maybe ask other people in the church that you see are successful in some areas. And what asking these questions will accomplish is one is that. One, God has given parents for more than just you know changing diapers and feeding, feeding the kids, providing for needs. But God has given us parents so we can learn from them. Proverbs eight thirty three. You know we, we weren't just born and then as soon as we got old enough to talk and walk and think they, we just get thrown to the wolves. There's a reason we stick around. You know the kids stick around for a while. They've got a few things to learn. It says. Uh, and Proverbs 8.33 says, Hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. Right there we see another example. There's a lot more. We're not going to go into all of them. Where we're supposed to be learning. Hear instruction. You know, Forsake not the law of thy mother. All these things we're supposed to be being taught. There is verbal communication that's supposed to be going on. Not, not only verbal communication, but we're also supposed to be seeing examples. You need to, I mean, it's good. You know, dads, you do your children a great service that many dads are not doing their children just when you get up in the morning and go to work. And you, when they see you paying the bills, they might not see every little thing, but they're, they're learning that. When they see you when you're tired and wore out and you still do it, or maybe even when you're sick and you still get up and you still do what you need to do so you can fulfill your responsibilities, you're teaching them something very valuable there. And when you have, and God has given parents so we can learn these things. You're the one that's supposed to teach them. Their school's not going to be able to do it. They need real life examples at home. You know why there's so many young punks that go shack up with girls and when they have problems, they go and beat the tar out of them. 
You know why they do that? That's what they saw their dad do. That's that's what dad did. That's how you deal with things. Oh, she mouths off. You know, that's what they saw. That's how he handled it. That's how I'm going to handle it. That's what they think you're supposed to do. And it's sad, but some parents they're just they're not teaching what they're supposed to. But another asking these questions. Two, it will give you. It's going to give you an opportunity to gain some very valuable advice. Proverbs four one says, "Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding." I mean, be attentive, listen. This what is about to come out of their mouth is valuable stuff. It's good stuff that will benefit you the rest of your life. Another thing you'll accomplish by asking these questions. It's and this is a great thing. It's going to show your parents that you notice and appreciate what they've been doing as a parent. Well, that's you know that's a huge thing there. If your parents are doing these things, especially in this day and age, in this culture, I mean, you ought to let them know that you notice it and thank them for it because said you've been given a priceless gift that many do not have. And Proverbs 23, verse 24 says, the father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bear thee shall rejoice. When you show that appreciation, when you ask those questions, it shows... It's gonna, you know what that's going to tell them? We have a very wise child. Boy, they're paying attention. They notice what's going on. And that brings great joy to a parent when they know that they have wise children. But you know, a father or a mother of a fool, we see that in Proverbs, it brings great sorrow. My son, you know, they don't say it, but when they know my son or my daughter is a fool, that my daughter, she will, if I end up with a bum, that I can't imagine. I'm telling you right now, my daughters, they better get a good guy. I mean, if they end up with some of these bums out there and creep shows that are walking the face of this earth, I'm telling you right now, that will drive me crazy. That will bring me great sorrow. That might get me thrown in prison. Some some guy gives my daughter what for? I'm, I'm taking the law into my own hands. <laughs> and but if I can teach them wisdom, if I if I can teach that to them, and then they start showing. Examples of that wisdom, maybe just by questions they're asking me, you know, and that that's going to thrill me to death. But if they're going gaga over the first guy that sweet talks them, I'm going to be worried. <laughs> and so I've got to pass some things on. And you know, even now with my kids, you know, I I try to give life lessons every now and then. It's like you know, you know that guy. I'm not, I'm not politically correct. You know, I'll say that guy's a bum. They're losers. You see the way that guy, you know, see how lazy he is. That guy, that's pathetic. You know that when they start getting older, yeah, that guy that's you know sits in his pajamas all day and never leaves the house, always playing video games. Loser, bum, pathetic. You ever go over a guy like that? He'll make you miserable. He'll make you provide for him. He'll make you work the job and he'll make you pay all the bills. And then you're gonna have to come home and you're gonna have to clean the house and you're gonna have to cook for the lazy loser. And he'll treat you like garbage. Teach them all that stuff. That's valuable advice. And I hope 
They pick up that wisdom. Wise questions. It shows a wise child. Proverbs 8, verse 33 says, Hear instruction and be wise. Refuse it not. Unfortunately, many young people, parents try giving advice. I don't want to hear it, Dad. I don't want to hear it, Mom. Foolish. Foolish. You're going to very greatly disturb your parents there because they care. Hear instruction. Be wise. When you're listening, that's showing wisdom. It doesn't even mean you have to do every little thing people tell you. When you are listening to counsel, the Bible says in a multitude of counselors there's safety. Just you talking about things. I've said this before. Sometimes just going to somebody and telling them your dilemma, telling them about your situation, when you just verbally put it out there, I've heard it where people, they pretty much get the answer all on their own. I don't even have to tell them anything. Just them verbally getting out there was all it took for them to be enlightened. You know why? Because that was wisdom right there. The fact that you were ready to listen to what somebody had to say. The very fact that you were seeking counsel. That is proof that you are wise. And you'll probably get the answer yourself. But there's a lot of people they don't want to do that. They have too much pride and that's foolish. And so you know what? You might think you have the answers, but wisdom says, you know what? I'm going to do what the Bible says. I'm going to seek counsel. I'm going to go hear the instruction of my parents. I'm going to go listen to what they have to say. I'm going to go talk to somebody in the church. I'm going to go talk talk to a pastor. I'm going to talk. I'm going to. I'm going to talk to somebody. I'm just going to. I need to talk this out with somebody. That is wisdom, right there. And let me tell you, when you do that, you're going to give your parents great peace because. You are proving your wisdom just by asking the questions. But if you don't learn these lessons, there's a good chance your kids aren't going to learn them either. And Proverbs 19, verse 20. This last verse to you. Proverbs 19, verse 20. says, Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. Where are we going to be at the end of this thing? You know, many people... They learn wisdom. They learn what's right from wrong after the fact when it's too late. Well, you know who really cares? You know, there's a lot of people sitting in prison that they now know that you shouldn't kill people. <laughs> they now know that stealing doesn't pay off. They know it now. They have the wisdom now. But is it doing them any good? No. No, they're they're not they're not doing good at all right now. But you know, if they would have just talked to somebody, and once again, I mean, think about it. Here's an example of how talking something out can just really work. I mean, just imagine, okay? We're all tempted, you know, sometimes financially when things get tight, thoughts come across our mind. It's like, you know, if I went and robbed the bank, and let's say you're thinking about robbing a bank, okay? Maybe some friends talk to you, hey, we got a foolproof plan, uh, we're going to rob this bank. For sure. Alright, and I know this is gonna sound foolish because nobody gonna rob a bank would do this. Go talk to your parents. Dad, did you ever steal anything before? You know, did did, did it pay off? How'd you feel after you stole? Go visit somebody in prison. Hey, was it worth it? So I'm thinking about doing the same thing that got you twenty years. Was it worth it? If you could get out right now. And 
was like, would you try this again? Would you try it? You don't, they don't do that kind of thing, do they? Because if people did, if they just started talking about what they were about to do, they wouldn't do it. And once again, the reason there is so much of the foolishness going on today is things aren't talked about. They're not in our heart. And I just threw some ideas. Good family discussion topics. Things that ought to be being talked about. We've got to get back to just talking to each other in our homes. It will. The wisdom that comes from that is so valuable. And we ought to I mean here in church. Bring these things up. Talk about them. Talk about it to people in church. Ask for advice. Seek counsel. Just just talk about things. It is it is such a good thing to do. People they're they're just not talking up today. And when they are talking, it's about foolishness. It's about the latest TV show they saw. It's about sports. And you know, it's fine if you want to talk about that stuff. But talk about real life sometimes, especially in your family, especially with your parents. So let's all stand together.